What the fuck are we thinking? Fuck what doesn't fit. Fuck what didn't fit. Fuck what doesn't fit. Am I crazy? Probably, but do I care? No. What's up? What's up? Welcome back, everybody, to the Fuck What Doesn't Fit podcast. My name is Lorna Rose. I'm a communication strategist. And I'm Brenda Bennett. I'm your intuition coach and your authenticity catalyst. Yes. Okay. So queen of authenticity. I saw a video on Twitter this morning. Sorry, the platform X, formerly known as Twitter, but it's going to be Twitter for our purposes. There is a TikTok video going viral, and it involves a young lady who got very real and very authentic about a recent new life experience. And I really wanted to talk about it. I think you'll love this. So this young lady apparently is a brand new college graduate and she just started her very first nine to five job with an hour and a half commute each way. And she, through her tears, was expressing how absolutely unrealistic it is to work a job for eight hours a day while also having to commute an additional three hours a day and then have zero time and energy left to take care of yourself afterwards. Right. And that's nothing that we haven't ourselves thought of. I mean, right. we definitely sitting in our car driving to work. This is not just some Gen Zer coming out, not able to handle things. We have all thought this, like, what the fuck am I doing sitting in my car an extra three hours a day? I, when I was in law school in Boston, I worked full-time during the day. And then I went to class at night. I lived on the outskirts of Boston because you can't afford to live inside the city of Boston. So I was a commuter myself and it's trash. A lot of the people who were getting on this girl uh, saying, oh, suck it up, buttercup. And oh, welcome to the real world sweetheart and oh what will you do without time to go get your nails done she was not even complaining about no, that they missed the point entirely it is this thing that society does when you start to step out of line and you question something it's almost like nobody even gives any thought to it and they just want to put you right back in place who actually would actually sit there and think like yeah it is really great that we work eight or nine hours a day oh I can, and then can I you can tell you who one guy specifically mm-hmm. said I think 7 30 a.m to 6 30 p.m sounds amazing and it's like sir what's going on in your life that that sounds amazing to you second of all that's an 11 hour day for which she's only being paid eight of them. Again, the math is not mathing here. No. What about that sounds amazing? Right. And he accepts it. He clearly, he accepts it in his own life. So he's pushing it onto somebody else, even though it really doesn't make a lot of sense. And, you know, I think that we're finally starting to see some of that die down a little bit. There's a lot of us pushing back, especially my generation, your generation, pushing back against these things. You have to be in the office consistently. You have to be there. I mean, hell, look at the uprising we're having, you know, after COVID and we all proved that we could work and we all proved that we could be a efficient. Look at the backlash that people are getting, that companies are getting that are forcing back to the office. And it's, I just don't understand why, because like you said, we showed, we proved during COVID, during the shutdowns, when everybody had no choice, but to either cease business operations or move it all online, that it's 100% doable, especially with the younger workforce that's coming up. 
they were raised on digital platforms and technology. They're, we're more equipped than ever to have an economy that doesn't require sitting in an office, commuting to work every day. So why does this tradition have such a chokehold on us? Well, why does the tradition of having to wear a suit to work to be considered professional, to have stayed with us for so, so long? You know, we talk about being professionals and you and I are both, for lack of a better word, white collar. And you know, we, we hold ourselves to the standard of being professional. It's almost like this badge of honor. But honestly, if you take a step back and look, it's to keep us all looking the same, acting the same, doing the same. And if you don't fit the mold, if you stand out at all, you are a threat to the system. Yep. It's those arbitrary rules that tell you to stay in your lane. And if you step outside of them, if you break them, you are the problem. And, and you know what? Honest, I took this on for so, so long. I even have to catch myself to this day. Somebody who is covered in tattoos, somebody who wears what I'm quote supposed to wear to go to work. I still catch myself judging, which makes no sense. But it's because it's so ingrained in us to look a certain way, to sound a certain way. I am that person that people would question. And yet my default, because I haven't challenged my beliefs enough clearly, as I do sometimes until I catch myself still default to that, to that judging. It is so, so ingrained. And why has it become so ingrained? It's become ingrained because we've seen consequences. We see what happens when you don't fall in line. We see what happens when you do try to speak up. Look at the TikTok girl. All she did was what Gen Zers do. She recorded a video of herself crying. Poor thing. I mean, okay. Yes, it is the real world. She's going to have a lot of hard lessons ahead of her. It's unfortunate that it is that way. But I just really, felt for her because she's not wrong for somebody fresh out of college in their very first job or somebody in their 30s or 40s or in the late stages of their career. That is a trash way to live for all people. It's 100%. terrible. And it worked for what it worked for, for us to be on assembly lines, for us to be nine to five to stay in a controlled environment. So we have these roles and we're called rebels. We're put into our place whenever we start to get outside of these conforms of society and they know what they're doing, right? It is the way that we are actually wired as human beings is to not step outside of the herd. So whenever we step outside of the herd, we automatically feel very nervous, right? There's that protection of the herd. We're herd animals. If we step outside of the herd, we might get attacked by a prey animal. So when we do step out of line with what everybody else is doing, even if it's something we don't agree with, there is just this, this push and pull of, I don't want to do this, but it's also not safe outside of the herd. No, that's definitely something that I've experienced a lot throughout my career. A lot of people who have met me are shocked to learn I went to law school because of the way I look and because of the way I dress. I, like you, I'm covered in tattoos and I have a style aesthetic that I liken to a homeless teenager uh, most days. <laughs> I really enjoy the comfort and safety of oversized hoodies and comfy sweatpants, especially after I've been working in a stuffy office all day. And then I have to go sit in class three to four nights a week for three to four hours at a time. I I would like to be comfortable. However, after graduating law school, getting into the real world and working, nobody knew, oh, you're a lawyer? Oh, you just, you don't present like one. Yeah. So what does a lawyer present like? Because
because you saw my resume. You know that I have the degrees. I'm sorry that I didn't show up dressed a certain way or looking a certain way. You didn't question my professionalism before that point. And does it matter to you at all that I earned that law degree wearing those hoodies and these sweatpants? I didn't need to put a pantsuit on in order to get educated. So why does it have to matter? It's an arbitrary set of rules designed to keep people in line. And thank you so much, Henry fucking Ford. <laughs> you know, I think the good thing though is we're starting to see generations starting to push back against this. The the change in the way that we quote need to dress for work has certainly shifted in the last 10 to 15 years. When I came out of school, yeah, I had to wear those ugly ass pantsuits and all of that. And I was told multiple times when I wore heels that God forbid had strap around the ankle that I need to dress. Jezebel. I am such a hussy. I need to dress for the job that I want. And I'm like, well, I guess I don't want this job. But no, I mean, now, you know, much more lenient. I was in banking and way more lenient uh, these days than than before. So and that all starts with people starting to push against the norm. And, you know, we're seeing that continue to push the push the envelope with with tattoos. I, I didn't have any color tattoos on my arms at all. And this is so ridiculous until I was watching one of the stupid training videos that you get and you have to watch like 45 hours worth or something, I think. And one of the trainings had a picture of a guy and he had sleeves on his arms. I'm like, all right, if it's in the training, I guess it's okay for me. And I literally started building out my sleeves. <laughs> yes, I love that. But see, but you you felt you had to wait for permission, right? Absolutely. You had to wait for permission yes. to do the thing that you really wanted to do that was authentic to you. Yes. I, I had, yes, I had to wait for the permission. And I think that is honestly where most of us are. We have to wait and just ride the wave when other people do the things that we want to do, which, you know, unless you're going to stand up and change it yourself, you kind of have to wait for the wave of society. But that's sort of what I want to talk about today. There's all of these things, you know, we're talking about taking on the system, taking on the man and, and changing things. And we really seem to focus there. But what about all of the things that we do in our day-to-day -day lives that are ours, that we just take on from society that we don't need all of society to change to just show up as ourselves. And yet we choose not to. Right. Like habit stacking. <laughs> you know, and I'm thinking kind of bigger things too, right? I go back to my time in corporate. I was told all of the things that I should do to be happy in this life. I should make more money. I should get the titles, all of these things. And then there's this societal pressure or judgment of you if you're not happy. What is wrong with you? And I stayed in that for so, so long. So many people just saying, just like going back to the poor TikTok girl, it's just what we do. Just yep. got to stick it for a little bit longer, get your stock options. And I couldn't take it. And I'm like, wait, why am I listening to these people? These people are equally, if not more miserable than me. And I'm not subscribing to a life of misery. And so was it uncomfortable to step up and to leave comfort? Yes, but it is honest to God, way less uncomfortable than sitting in that for the next 15 years of my life. Right. Just resigning yourself to a fate that you didn't choose for you that you wouldn't have chosen for yourself, but because everybody else around you is telling you this is just the way it is. And you know, you just said something that I think is a really important point. When you make all the money and you, you have the good job and all of that, people expect you to be happy. I don't even think people expect you to be happy. People don't give a fuck if you're happy. They expect you to be content. Yeah. They expect you to be content. 
They don't give a shit if you're happy or not. They just want you to be quiet and complacent Mm -hmm. and content with what you have because you can lose it. Because if you decide that you're unhappy enough to speak up and say something, they'll take it all away from you. Mm -hmm. You don't want to fall in line and obey the rules. You don't want to cover your sleeves. Then get out. You're not good enough for us anymore. Right. And even if they don't have the power to take things away from you, they make you feel bad about yourself primarily because they feel bad about the situation that they're in because they don't have the courage to do what you're doing. I think personally, I found that most people that push back most, it's always that mirror, right? We dislike the things in others that we dislike most about ourselves. When we push back against societal norms or something that people are just going along with in their belief system, and we have the courage to step out of line, they try to put us back very quickly. But getting out of that line is truly where the happiness and the fulfillment and the back to authenticity comes from how authentic your being in your life is directly correlated to your happiness. I had a client that I worked with for several years. One of the biggest points of contention in the work that I did with her always revolved around her having a problem with the way things were being done and feeling like she can't say anything about it, feeling like she can't speak up for herself. And there were points where she was really being taken advantage of. She really, really needed to find the courage. She, Her balls really needed to drop for her own sake. And I constantly tried to counsel her through that and say, listen, you can raise these issues issues. You can voice your peace here without being confrontational, adversarial, aggressive. Like, yes, actually, no, it is confrontation. You do have to have a confrontation, but it doesn't have to be negative. Just like the word rebelling, right? It has a negative connotation to it, but it doesn't have to. And she would always just come back with, no, I can't, I can't, I can't. Because if I speak up and I get in trouble and they decide that I'm too much trouble or I'm too difficult, and they take my job away from me, then what? And this was clearly somebody whose entire identity and sense of self-worth was wrapped up in the title that she had. And she was so fearful of losing that. But what that really comes back to is because she had no connection to herself. She had no sense of her own identity and what was authentically her because she had spent so much time and effort and energy taking on what everybody else told her should be her. And it put her in a position where she was miserable. She was crying crying, but her fear of the consequences and her fear of being ostracized had her completely frozen in that shitty circumstance. You know, this is something I walk through with clients all of the time. And it's this, how do you measure the fear of taking that step, rebelling against society? And that's really dramatic, but taking that step in the direction of discomfort versus how much pain you're in. It's almost like a pain scale where you need to create like, what's your pain level? Like on the scale of frowny face to smiley face. Because everybody thinks about the fear going forward and how scary it is, but it's almost like your current situation and the amount of angst, the amount of frustration that you feel there is probably even more than that fear. And because it's not apples to apples, fear sounds scarier, but are you even looking at where you are today and how you are showing up and the stuckness? Is that a word. It is <laughs> I mean, now. All right. Whatever. <laughs> that that feeling of being in that quicksand of drowning, of not being able to, to breathe because that's unknown. A 
known discomfort to your system, you want to stay there. Your brain would rather take on the known discomfort than take on any fear. And so it decreases your awareness of where you are currently and it amplifies the fear because remember your brain is here to keep you safe. That's its number one job is to just keep you alive. It doesn't really care if there's something on the better side of fear. It doesn't care that you're not being authentic to yourself. It's trying to keep you alive. So you are fighting against your brain, your instincts, and what we developed over millions and millions of years to be able to continue on as a species. So it is really getting super aware of, yeah, that thing is scary. It's scary to stand out against what society is doing and to maybe get chopped down a little bit. But is that any scarier? Is that any worse pain than staying where you are? I remember when we were doing work, you did this exercise, I guess, with me. You asked me what's wrong. What's the problem, right? So I told you what the problem was. And then you asked me, okay, but what's really the problem then? What does that mean then? If that's what you think the problem is, why is that the problem? Okay, so then we discuss that. And then it's what's the other option that you're afraid to go for? Once we just clearly laid those things out, it it just made it so obvious. Like, no, the obvious choice is to go for the thing that I'm telling myself I'm scared of. I'm just scared of what I don't know. That's right. Then I'm willing to accept staying in a situation that I do know makes me miserable, but I know that feeling. So I feel like I can deal with that. I can deal with it here because I'm already familiar with it. Right. It's that entire process of bringing the unconscious, as Zhang would say, really, it's our subconscious conscious. When we don't actually work to identify what we're afraid of and spell it out, we just remain in this fear. But when you look at it more subjectively and get it on paper or verbalize it, it tends to be, oh, okay. Yeah, that's still scary, but it it really is shitty here too. <laughs> like, which is the worst? And it's almost always staying exactly where you are. It is truly, you get stuck in your head, you ruminate, et cetera. You got to make that subconscious, that unconscious conscious. You've got to bring it forward and really look at the fear. And so many times you're going to find that it was amplified by your brain, by your subconscious to keep you safe, even though rationally, it's not so bad. So what is, what do you think is something, something small? What's a small thing, a small thing that listeners could do to rebel in their own way? I think it really starts with identifying that fear. What do you think's really going to happen to you? What are you really afraid of? And all right, I'll use the example of, of my cats. Right? Yes. I love bringing it back to my cats. I have so many cats. And for so, so long, I would not tell. I have a lot of cats. I would not tell people the number. And I would kind of make a joke and they would say, Oh, how many cats do you have? I'm like, you don't know me well enough yet. I can't yeah. tell you. And I would hide it. But honestly, I'm like, okay, what am I really scared of? Oh my God, I'm scared. They're going to judge me. Okay. And then what? And then what's going to happen? So always yes. use the and then what? Okay. So you identify your fear. Um, I'm scared of getting a tattoo on my wrist. Okay. What are you afraid of? Well, people are going to judge me. Okay. And then is it really going to change your life? Are you really going to lose friends and family over this? Or is it going to be honestly brief discomfort that you move through and eventually people just accept that you have 11 cats or that you have <laughs> a tattoo. tattoos? <laughs> a lot. Yeah, right. And it just ultimately doesn't matter. It is literally that first hump of getting over just being your damn self. But it really truly starts with identifying 
going, what am I really scared of? And I'm going to tell you, you're scared of getting quote kicked out of the herd. And you're going to start to look at it and really analyze it. You're going to be like, yeah, my family's not going to disown me. They might say stupid, shitty stuff, but does it even matter? But family's going to find things to say stupid, shitty stuff about anyway. Humans. That's that's what family's for. (laughs) And humans, humans going to find stupid shit. Again, maybe that person wants a tattoo on their wrist and they're too scared to do it. Maybe that person wants 11 cats in their house and they're too scared of what people will say. Right. Maybe that person wants to be able to show up to their nice, cushy law job wearing a hoodie and sweatpants. Mm -hmm. Why do we have to make people feel so uncomfortable in order to deem them professional? It doesn't make any sense to me. So shout out to everyone, to you, to TikTok lady, and to everybody else that says, fuck what doesn't fit to these stupid, arbitrary rules because they're not getting us anywhere. They're not getting us anywhere. And they are absolutely there to keep us in a herd, whether it was done on purpose to keep us more manageable, to keep us in line, or if it's just because we are still at the end of the day, animals. And that is why you're feeling the fear of sticking out and being different than those around you. But is that worth you holding back your authentic self? Truly take a look, truly take the time to think through the and then or the so what? (laughs) Right. It is that inquiry. It's the, if for anybody listening, if you remember that scene in Dude, Where's My Car? Where they go through the drive-through and they're trying to order food. And the person uh, on the other end of the drive-through speaker is, And and then... And then, and then it's that inquiry though. It's okay. So you do this thing. What, what's next? What happens next? You do the thing. You say the thing. You stand up for yourself. Okay. And then, and somebody doesn't like it. Okay. Oh, okay. And then, and, then, and then what do they do? Well, they say something shitty. Okay. What's that mean? And then what? How do you respond? Well, let's work through it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's that it's, it's doing that work. And again, that's why doing this work with somebody else is so important because you need somebody who's removed from the situation to help you. But this is the way to do it. This is the way to practice working through that fear. And it's been, I mean, for me, it's been life-changing. So highly recommend 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. I, hey, do things that scare you. Do things, do all the things that scare you. Walk away from corporate, leave your cushy job. Okay, no, that's what I did. But I mean, hell, it has been life-changing, puts it minimally, um, just to live fully in authenticity, the level of happiness that you wake up with. It started before leaving the job. It started with getting the tattoos. It started with owning that I have a lot of cats, right? And just showing up fully as myself. I, I can't even describe the level of just freedom that it brings to you. The liberation. It's doing it's doing this work. It's facing those fears. And it's just, it's being honest. Mm-hmm. It's being honest with yourself. Like it starts with you. You have to be able to tell yourself first, hey, this is some bullshit. This doesn't fit with us. This isn't us. This isn't what we want. Mm-hmm. I think saying fuck what doesn't fit starts with talking to yourself. Question everything. Question what you believe. Question what others tell you to believe. Question it all. Fuck what doesn't fit. And that's our episode for today. So we will be back next week and we'll see what we have to say. Fuck what doesn't fit to next. I know we'll find something. Absolutely. (laughs) Take care, everyone.